Welcome back to Radical Restoration, your go-to pillow talk podcast where we lean into rest, softness, and relaxation. I'm Nisi. And I'm Bethany. And our mission is to provide community care for Black women who desire a more mindful lifestyle and who want to practice rest in a safe, empowering, nurturing space. If you're seeking more information and support for implementing practical tools for rest and restoration, then welcome home. Let's get rested. Let's do. In this episode, we are going to be breaking down some reflections about rest in our own lives and offering them as a way for you uh, to also think about these things. So the questions that we're going to be offering and also offering just like our own personal background with uh, come from the book Rest is Resistance. And uh, Nisi will go into that a little bit more, um, but we just felt like it would be a great opportunity to just discover some things personally about our rest, as that can be a portal into really into really understanding what it is that we each need in our individual lives. I'm going to read a quote from the book Rest is Resistance. This uh, these this quote is on pages 55 and 56 for those who want to find it for themselves, and it is as follows. Everything we believe we know about rest is false because we are in a constant state of unraveling from the lies and socialization of grind culture. We must be intentional about reimagining what we believe rest is and can be for our lives. We must ask ourselves the following questions and more. On the same page and around the same quote, there are nine questions that Trisha, um, the author, provides for the reader to consider. There are nine questions. We are going to talk about four-ish of them. We'll see how far we get in the, in the episode. It may be edited later, but we are going to talk about some of these questions, not all nine, just our thoughts on them and, ha- and you know, share our reflections. But we would love for you to uh, get, the, get a copy of the book if you haven't already um, and also consider these nine questions even after we've reflected on them. Or you can pause and think about them as you hear them later on. The first question I want to dive into is question number two. Do I have a model or guide for what it feels like to be rested while lying inside a capitalist system? Bethany, what are your thoughts on this question? Mm. Yeah, this one, I had to really pause and think about this one because of just the heaviness, you know, of being inside a capitalist system. Oftentimes it feels like, how do I actually how do I actually implement rest when my life is very much impacted by the go, 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 the hustle. And not only that, but everybody around me is also living that lifestyle too. And so I would say that my model and guide, when I was reflecting on it, I thought a lot about, um, First, what came to mind is actually people that I've either followed uh, via social media or blogs and how their messaging around the importance of rest and self-care 
has really been supportive to me. Uh, I thought about book authors. So even like Trisha Hersey, for instance, who, you know, I'm currently reading Rest is Resistance. And I think that on her Instagram platform, as well as her, her book offered just some really great ideas for how to implement rest. The other thing that came to me were books on even uh, expanding outside of the genre of rest, right? So thinking of self-care, thinking of slow living, like how, which slow living is essentially the practice of how to slow down in life so that you're approaching life from uh, a, a pace that feels if not restful, then at the very least, it feels doable. It feels realistic. It feels like you're not coming from a, or always living from a place of urgency, which we often do in this modern world. And then, so, so those would be like my models, my guides, just information I'm pulling from, from those platforms. The other thing that I thought of is the guide is really in, in, you know, formulation right now, if you will. Like, I feel like I'm kind of like a rest, you know, scientist in my rest lab and I'm, you know, creating experiments and figuring out, okay, what works, what doesn't. And a lot of that has been supported by my my own personal coach that I'm currently working with. And one of the things and, you know, overarching goals that I'm working on is building in rest into my daily schedule. I think looking at a guide is also experimentation in your life can be really helpful. And it has been for me. It's also taken the pressure off of feeling like I have to be doing this perfectly because I don't, you know, it's, it's a practice, it's experimentation, it's tweaking, it's figuring out this formula worked and this one didn't. So how am I going to, how am I going to adjust? That's what I would say have, have been my models, guides, resources. What about for you, Macy? I thought a lot about book authors and other material I've consumed as well. What really sticks out to me, and this is probably because I've been in academia for so long, I'm no longer there, but having gone through different graduate programs and being surrounded by a lot of folks in academia, I've tuned into a lot of Black female professors or, or, you know, um, lecturers in academia and the professors in particular, they talk about the idea or concept of a sabbatical. And I quite, and honestly, it is literally built into the system for a lot of folks. And it, and academia is a total like capitalist structure. So when I was thinking about what does rest look like within the structure, um, whether, you know, you find this healthy or not, I was like, Mm, sabbaticals are pretty are a pretty common thing that people do um, with the concept being I will be resting from these certain duties or responsibilities that I have in order to accomplish something else. And for some people, it's I'm going to write a book. That's really important to me. For some folks, it is like a book or a project that is meant to further their academic career. If it's in alignment with something you actually care about, then I don't see a problem with that really. Um, but I know some people, they'll take them. And for example, oh, who was I looking at recently? Oh, Jenna Wortham. So she uh, she's an author of a couple of books, I believe. Black Futures is one of them. She co-authored that with another 
another person. Um, she's also a self-proclaimed like healer and intuitive, and she's a multi-hyphenate person. And so she took a sabbatical, I believe, from the podcast of processing and some other projects because I believe she works for the New York Times. But she took a sabbatical from that position in order to pursue other things that were important to her, like writing a book that was very dear to her. And while, yes, it's probably going to further her career, she wants, she decided, I do, I can't have these other responsibilities while I focus on this other thing that I feel is, is productive in a different way and brings me joy and pleasure. And Jenna, for those of you who, and I think, she, I think they, um, I think they actually are um, non-binary, so I should um, use, use different pronouns. I know that Jenna, they, um, they're very open about their rest practices and the things that they do. And, um, they're a sound bowl practitioner as well, I believe. And they share those on their Instagram and they share the books that they're reading. They share the leisure that they're doing, taking vacations with their friends and, and just these other practices. And, and they're so like artistic and lyrical and how they, presented it's very aesthetic but that's also on brand for them it's i when even when i think about soft living uh jenna though there are so many things that they do there's um you can tell that they really like take their time with it and enjoy things um even if other times it may be their their life moves a little bit more quickly there's something about it that just feels like you can tell that they're taking it easy and really like being mindful and enjoying things, um, even outside of their sabbatical. So I imagine in the sabbatical, there's a lot more restorative practices for them. And they've shared that too um, at different points, because I believe it was a six-month sabbatical that they were taking. I don't know if it's over or not, but that idea of a sabbatical for anything, not just academia, I think is a great idea. I love social media sabbaticals. I think those are great, taking a break from that. Um, and then for anything else in your life that it's like, you know, this is a part of your life and you know that it may be part of a capitalist system or structure and you're taking leave from it for a bit before you come back. And it's usually an extended leave. I love that idea. And I think it's great. I've seen healing practitioners implement those. Erica Totten, she goes on sabbaticals every once in a while. So she'll post about those and let people know, hey, going on a sabbatical, I'll see you next month or whenever she returns. And I love those sorts of examples. I think they're really helpful. That's awesome. I love that idea of a, of a sabbatical. It's similar to, I know on uh, Trisha Hersey's page, she, I need to figure out if it's Trisha Hersey or Hershey. But anyway, I found on her page, she always does a month long, what she calls a Sabbath. So similar to the sabbatical idea, because you know she's known as the Nat Bishop. So she goes on her Sabbath, during I think November for a whole for a whole month and same like you said similar to Jenna uh, Trisha will post and let people know hey I'm going I'm going on my Sabbath or it is the Sabbath and so you won't see me for a month bye you know but she also she also uh, encourages everybody else right to create their own systems their own sabbaths or we can take that idea too of a sabbatical like just creating actually implementing that making space for it scheduling it so love that 
love that idea. Let's talk about question three now. And that question reads, what would it feel like to be consistently rested? For me, consistent rest, and I feel like I do have a good grasp on this, especially since the last almost year and a half has been me implementing more rest into my life and and not experiencing any burnout. For me, what it feels like is flow. That is like the one word that comes to mind a lot. It feels like I am a lot more intuitive in how I work and how I rest and how my body feels and the thoughts that I have. And a lot of that is an intuitive flow that I feel like I have been able to tap into. I could tap into it before. It is a, I will say it is a core value of mine, intuition and following it you know, tracking that and seeing what happens. That's a big part of my life. And also I've noticed it more. I understand more what my body wants and how to fill those wants and needs. I feel like my health is overall better, which I know is so subjective for everyone, but for me, it does feel better. And I don't feel the need to like rush the way that I think I did before. I don't feel hurried. I don't feel like I have to make decisions so quickly. I feel like I can linger in the gray area a little more and just kind of feel things out and be curious, which is another value that I have anyway, but I feel like I can do those things more. I have more mental psychological space to do that. And that has been really helpful for me. And that's how it how it feels for me to be consistently rested. Um, but for you, Bethany, what would that feel like for you? For me, the words that come to mind are feeling relieved, feeling easeful, feeling centered. And also another word that comes to mind is unlearning. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time, as I mentioned, I'm working with a coach right now. And we've been spending time working on making space. And when I say making space, meaning logistically, literally taking, you know, my planner and scheduling out some time for when I really do want to implement and prioritize leisure time, rest time. And that's been, that's been really supportive. Um, And so when I feel consistently rested, I think it's also this idea of like unlearning uh, the guilt about resting. I think a lot of people struggle with maybe there's like an internal battle of I can't rest because if then I rest, then I feel guilty because I I feel like I'm doing nothing. I've heard that very often. Um, And so a lot of it has just been shifting and unlearning that I don't, number one, that I don't have to earn rest. It's not like I've got to put in like 24 hours and then I get, you know, that equates to two hours of rest. It's not like that. Um, Even though a lot of times in the system, we're conditioned to believe that. So I'm I'm unlearning that. I think, too, um, sometimes it can feel strange or maybe even reckless to prioritize rest. And so that's been something that I've been working on over time is just recognizing that, no, like rest Rest is so vital, this idea of just like 
centering myself in that way and allowing myself to feel rejuvenated. It's okay. And so consistently resting, you know, just I feel like it allows me to feel okay with myself and where I'm currently at. And then just again, yeah, kind of giving giving myself different titles for this rather than urgency and being busy is, you know, my badge of honor. Okay, well, let me reframe that. Okay, no, resting and showing up in a way that I can be present and I, you know, I don't have a headache. I don't feel, I don't feel so maybe all over the place. That, that, that feels really good. So I'm going to use those as like my new reclamations. So that's something I've been working on and that helps me to, yeah, to feel consistently rested. Wonderful. Yeah, I like all of those words that you used. And yeah, it is it is so helpful to to feel rested to feel rested more consistently. Okay, so on the other side, the fourth question says, What does exhaustion look like for me? So Bethany, for you, what does exhaustion look like? Okay, I love this question. I love it because I often feel like we have to be able to, okay, I think of a car, right? And like, if there's issues coming up, you got to be able to diagnose the issue, right? And so that you can understand the whole picture and you can understand what it needs in order to function. So it's like lifting up the hood, right? Checking all, doing the diagnostic. Um, and so this question, I think, helps us to do that. So when I think of what does exhaustion look at look like, I'm thinking of like the warning signs, the warning signals. Maybe it's like those flashing warning signals of your car that go off, right? So for me, it would look like irritability. Some of those warning signs would be anxiety, exhaustion, which I would also place next to burnout even, would look like, you know, insomnia, trouble shutting down for bed, trouble sleeping, lack of self care practices, right? Like those could be some of the last things to go, which is just like taking care of myself, nurturing myself, making sure I look cute, you know, for me, because that helps me to feel better. It helps me to feel good. Making sure I'm getting in like my own physical activity that I, I like to engage in. Those are so when those are kind of the last things to happen, they're put last um, as priority. That's how that's a, that's those are signs for me. I would say if I'm feeling sad and here I'm going to clarify a sadness that wouldn't be for the I guess for those or for anyone who's dealing with depression, a sadness could also indicate also that sense of um, that that could be a warning sign for exhaustion. But if that's not something that you're dealing with, then even just a sadness or feeling overwhelmed could be an indication of exhaustion. And that's certainly the case for me. Yeah, those would be some of the big ones I say. I also notice it in my physical environment. If my physical environment is really cluttered or things are a mess, I know, hey, it's time to maybe just like kind of shift gears and just just clean a little bit, organize, make things neat, because that helps me also feel better in my mind so um if I'm spending more time like lost on the internet those are some signs of exhaustion yeah um and then difficulty being present that's also another sign for me so those are those are things that I look for revenge wait hold on I think it's procrast is it revenge procrastination before sleep it's a real thing look it up 
but that's also something that I realized, okay, I'm exhausted <laughs> and I probably need more rest in my life. So I'm not staying up trying to catch up on all the things that I wish I would have done earlier in the day. All right, Nisi, tell us about for you, what is, what does exhaustion look like? Exhaustion for me, I think the biggest thing is the diminished capacity to do things. Giveaway, I guess, shows up in my work life where, especially being a therapist, like, because that is what I, I do that, I perform in that capacity in that role every single week, for the most part. When I am burnt out, which is usually how I would describe exhaustion in that context, I feel like I do not, I feel like I'm tuning out a lot more. I'm more distracted. I, I don't, and this one I think is, it can go both ways because sometimes when you're, when you're not, I guess, regulating yourself normally, this is like by some therapy, this is using some therapy language from certain models. When you're not regulated and making decisions the way that you normally would, when you're not processing information the same way, that can, it can create more issues. And when I am exhausted, I definitely feel like I'm not always making the clearest decisions or I feel like it's, it almost feels like it's too much to have to make certain decisions. I can't really process a lot of information that typically I, I would be able to fairly quickly. It's almost like I need way more time. And this is different from what I was saying earlier about the gray area. This is like, I don't have the capacity to go through everything the way that I normally would. I'm not even being curious about it. I just literally do not have, I, I can't process it the way that I normally would to even be curious. So that's what that feels like. I may want to sleep more. I may not want to sleep at all. I don't know. Like it could go either way. And I usually feel just not satisfied with life. I feel less motivated, uninterested. My face may just look flatter or I may not want to engage in any like or certain conversations. I may isolate more and just be by myself. So those are ways that exhaustion typically shows up for me. And it's usually work related. Otherwise, I don't really get that exhausted because I have more control over the environment. Again, I haven't really felt burnout or exhaustion the last year and a half, but there were definitely several times in my last job where I was just exhausted. And it was, I think, like a three-month cycle when I would feel that exhaustion very strongly. That seems like a good place to wrap up for, for this episode, talking about those questions. It's given me a lot to, I've already been reflecting, but even hearing what your experiences have been and how you've been reflecting on your rest and exhaustion, uh, Bethany, it's making me think a little bit more about what that would look like for other listeners. So we'd love to hear your comments and your thoughts on this, on these topics. And if you go through these questions, let us know what you think of them, share your reflections. You can email us, you can talk to us on social media about it. Because, um, yeah, this is a definitely a conversation. It doesn't stop here. And we, we would just 
let we would love to hear what you what your thoughts and reflections are on these on these topics as we are all navigating capitalism and all the other isms of the world. Absolutely. And we definitely encourage you support, support a sister out there creating her books. Grab Trisha Hershey's book. It's 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 a really good place to even even if you're beginning on your rest journey to just dive in and and uh, reflect on these things because um, again got to diagnose right or at least look into what the blocks are what the challenges are before you can really start start healing so awesome well we thank you for for listening today and if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow our podcast and content on Instagram at Black Radical Restoration. If you'd like to check out what Nisi's up to, follow her at Nisi Jones PhD. You can check out what I'm up to at Coach Bethany Cherry. If you have a question about anything on the topic of rest and anything about any comments like Nisi said about the about the questions that we went over today and any of your responses, thoughts that popped up as we were exploring this, please send it over to us at blackradicalrestoration at gmail.com. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time.